It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. what all the people say. Happy birthday, Frank Sinatra. You're riding high My mother would have killed me if I didn't play Sinatra with people's May. This has become one of my favorite Sinatra tunes, but I have to tell you why. Because Episcopo. Every time I'm somewhere and Episcopo is, he sings this, and he's just, he cranks it out. For those of you who don't have uh, Sinatra fatigue, Francis Albert. Sinatra, born on this date, December the 12th, in 1915, family from La Carafri de Sicily, which is where my maternal grandfather, Frank Piazza, is from. It is about 45 minutes south of Palermo in Sicily. Here we go, Sam Leno. a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet. A pawn and a king. I've been up, I've been up and down and over, over and out. out. And I know one thing. Chairman of the board. Each time. Old blue eyes. Myself flat on my face. And you know what? I pick myself he picks himself up. up. And get back in the race. That's life. Well, we are going to have a special segment tonight about Frank Sinatra with two very special guests. Um. After this uh, abbreviated first segment, we are going to have the great Judge Andrew Napolitano on. Um, you know, some people questioned uh, what I was saying yesterday, both about the Hunter Biden indictment, indictment being somewhat anemic in where Hunter Biden got all the money from that he didn't pay taxes on, and also how the Supreme Court was going to treat uh, Donald Trump's request to skip over the Circuit Court of Appeals and go right to the Supreme Court to determine whether or not Donald Trump can be prosecuted for um, events that took place on January 6th, even though he was the sitting president of the United States at the time. I believe the Richard Nixon case is going to have something to do with that. I will tell you, um, I do not know what Judge Napolitano was going to say, um, but I threw him on because... Uh, and and. I was going to either have him on or Dershowitz or another law professor. Um, because, look, all I have is opinions. Um, I am a practicing lawyer, and you know, they, they, a lot of my opinions are based on what I see around me in terms of equity and how the system works. But there are people who actually study this stuff. And, I look, my job for you guys is to bring you people who know exactly or know better of what they speak than, than do I. I think I said that correctly. <clears throat> um, where So we're going to do a little Judge Napolitano doing a little law. Then we're going to do a little um, Sinatra. And, but in the middle, we're going to do a little Tom Harris because today's Tuesday. We're going to keep it a little shorter with Tom only because we want to keep it a little longer talking about Frank Sinatra. I was very lucky today. I had a very special lunch with a guy named Jerry Crowley um, and his very, very special, I don't know what she is, first deputy district attorney, something like that, Laura. Um, I'm unable tomorrow to go to the um, PAL lunch, the police athletic league lunch, honoring my brother from another mother and my law partner, David Schwartz. Um, so I'm, I'm they're honoring him, so I can't go to the... AM 970 lunch at Casa Belvedere, a beautiful location. I really wish I could join. So I had my own little private lunch today, which was great. And so I thank them, and I appreciate seeing them. And um, the State of the Union of AM 970 is great. I got it from uh, both of those 
individuals today, Jerry and Laura. And um, the state of the Idala Power Hour is great. Sam Bellino, are you great? I am great as always. And you know who's here, Joni. We got we got big moves for Joni coming up. My goodness. Yeah, I don't think tomorrow. Maybe Thursday. I don't know. Maybe Friday. We're gonna wait. We're gonna tease it. But there's a big Joan Pelzer coming thing coming down the pipe. We're gonna come right back with Judge Andrew Napolitano. Don't go away. Come dance with me. What an evening for some Pepsi-Cola. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin is a product that consists of antibodies obtained from several thousand blood donors. Immunoglobulins are proteins produced by our immune system as a reaction to foreign substances such as bacteria and viruses. They help identify and destroy infectious agents. Approximately 40 years ago, doctors started to use immunoglobulin to help our immune response to certain infections, as well as to tune down the immune system when it became overactive. It also reduces inflammation triggered by an immune response. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. The happy Honda days are here. And you know why you should be happy about Honda? Last night, I was perusing the Internet, and I came across Car and Drivers, 10 best cars for 2024. And off the top of my head, I believe Honda is the only brand to have two cars on Car and Drivers' 10 best car list. The Honda Accord, which since 1983, when Car and Driver started the list, I think has been off of it maybe four or five years. Otherwise, the Honda Accord is always there. And now the Honda Civic. Two of the Honda great sedans are both on the Car and Driver top 10 cars for 2024. And where can you get a Honda? Oh, you know the answer to that at Bay Ridge Honda during the happy Honda Day sale. Rob Sabah, his sister Danielle, or her husband, Billy Boy, they're all there on 88th Street and 4th Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. It's the season to celebrate these happy Honda days. The sale's going on right now. You can get a car now and not make any car payments until March of 2024. The lowest prices of the year selling under MSRP this month. Brand new 2024 Hondas in stock and ready for delivery. Your favorite Honda models, the award-winning Car and Driver 10 Best Accord and Civic, plus the HRV SUV, the CRV, uh, they got other, oh, the Odyssey, which is their spectacular minivan, and I'm a big minivan fan. Be sure to ask the staff at Bayridge Honda about the Bayridge Plus package that will have your new or used car covered with a warranty. So visit Bayridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Maintain muscle mass and fuel your body with Invite Health's brand new plant protein powder. Looking to stay lean and strong? This vegan plant protein powder packs a punch with 20 grams of protein per serving. Flax and chia seeds along with pumpkin and rice proteins help energize the body and fuel the muscles. Take an extra 10% off Invite's plant protein by calling 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Save even more with our new everyday low prices plus the additional 10% off Invite Health's plant protein powder. Visit invitehealth.com to check out our entire product line and call 800-673-2345 for 10% off plant protein powder today. That number again, 800-673-2345 or go to invitehealth.com. If God forbid your husband or wife or significant other is in a hospital or rehab, said, sir, do you know that like your financing can be wiped out if you are not covered? And who's going to cover you? Who's going to make sure you're protected? The lawyers at Connors and Sullivan. That's right, Connors and Sullivan. You know, there's this thing called Medicaid. I don't exactly know what it is, but I know many people are eligible for it, but there's a whole bunch of hoops you got to jump through to make sure you're eligible for it. You could be bankrupt 
by hospital and nursing home costs. But the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan, they know how to protect you from that. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through right now. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to stop any kind of anxiety you may have about losing your money to the costs of nursing homes and hospitals. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer at 718 718- Two three eight sixty five hundred seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. Their offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. Na- too late. So the time to plan is now. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today. Seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. After you speak to one of their lawyers, you'll be so glad that you did. Listen to AM nine seventy The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey dot com. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. All right. Happy birthday, if Uncle Frank. And uh, I don't think our next guest is going to mind uh, the selection of uh, Frank Sinatra, a Jersey boy. Uh, this is uh, our next guest is a, a Jersey superstar, a Jersey man, a Jersey judge. And I know I'm repeating myself. But in the dozen plus years I was at the Fox News Channel, uh, when I would be walking through the halls or at home where I would keep the Fox News Channel on often just to know what was going on at where I worked. And this is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Anytime Judge Napolitano uh, came on, I would just stop. Like if I'm, I'm in mid stride in the hallway at Fox, I would stop and listen uh, because his it's the, it's one thing to be. That like literally brilliant and to be knowledgeable and have the experience, but it's a whole other skill set to be able to communicate that. And that is what Judge Andrew Napolitano has. He has that combination of knowing, actually knowing what he's talking about and then being able to communicate it in a way where you learn and you're entertained simultaneously. So without further ado, Judge Andrew Napolitano, how are you, Your Honor? Oh, I'm I'm bowled over by your over-the-top, generous introduction, Arturo. Well, it's true. Uh, our work together has been nothing but a joy for me, and fortunately, it continues. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Now, uh, here's the truth. Uh, you and I have not spoken on uh, what your views are about what I am going to ask you. You know, yesterday, I came on and spoke about um, the uh, appeal to the Supreme Court of the United States, and, uh, you know, skipping over the Court of Appeals by the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, in the Donald Trump case to see whether or not Donald Trump, uh, the, has any actions committed while he was the president, if he's immune from prosecution. So I do not know what Judge Napolitano's opinion is going to be. Pardon me, Judge, for not tuning into your podcast. I've been a little busy in and out of court. So I don't know exactly what you're, you've been saying about this, but I cannot wait personally to hear your opinion. Take it away, Your Honor. Well, uh, so my opinion on whether this was a wise thing to do by Jack Smith is that it was a wise thing for him to do. As you know, the Supreme Court uh, has rules that permit the uh, Circuit Court of Appeals to be bypassed. So the trial judge in this case, Judge Chutkin, has denied Trump's motion to dismiss uh, based on the grounds of double jeopardy. His theory was that he's already been tried for this before the Senate. She ruled that that's not a trial in the traditional sense. I think she's correct. His other theory is that uh, because these alleged events on January 6th uh, occurred while he was president of the United States, he is forever immune uh, from the civil and criminal consequences. Uh, uh, She denied that, and I think she's correct. So Trump then appealed that decision to the Circuit Court of Appeals. Rather than responding to that notice of appeal, the special counsel petitioned the Supreme Court to take the case directly. In order for the Supreme Court to take the case directly, two conditions have to be met. One, it has to be a matter of grave or significant public interest. And two... It has to be a matter that more likely than not would make its way to the Supreme Court anyway. And three, there are three requirements. There has to be a time element. Is it of grave or significant public interest? Yes, it is. It involves the former president of the United States. 
Is it going to go there anyway? Yes, it will, because whoever loses in the appeals court, if there were to have been an argument there, would ask the Supreme Court to uh, review it. Is there a time issue? Well, that depends on who you ask. According to the prosecutors, they want to try their case this next year, 2024. And if it goes the traditional appellate route, that won't happen. So I think they made the, the, uh, the wise move, and I think the trial judge is going to be affirmed. There's no way the Supreme Court is going to find that whatever happened in the Senate was a trial in the traditional sense. The moving party was not the United States government. The charges were uh, different. The proofs are different, and there's no real jury. And secondly, the Nixon versus Fitzgerald cases, that's President Nixon, uh, shortly after he left office, demonstrate uh, a clear ruling by the court that presidents are not immune uh, from being charged with inappropriate behavior, ethical, civil, or criminal, after they leave office, even when that behavior occurred while in office. So I apologize for the long-winded answer. But no, 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 it's a beautiful that. answer. It's, it's, not, it's not long-winded at all, Judge. So I know that uh, the court quickly uh, gave a briefing schedule, a rather uh, you know, short one. So they gave Jack Smith what he, what he asked for, which was, you know, could you do this fast? And I believe what December 20th, uh, President Trump's attorneys have to submit their briefs. Um, I don't believe they're, they've issued any... Uh, date for oral argument and Judge Napolitano, correct me if I'm wrong, there, it, it doesn't necessarily have to go to oral argument, correct? I doubt that there would be oral argument on this emergent appeal. Sometimes there is. I mean, the the classic case is uh, Pentagon Papers. Uh, Daniel Ellsberg, a civilian employee of the Defense Department, steals 7,000 pages of documents uh, to which he had access because he had a top-secret security clearance and gives the documents to the New York Times and the Washington Post. The documents demonstrate conclusively that LBJ and his generals were lying to the public uh, during the Vietnam War. At this point in time, when this happens, Nixon is president. The DOJ under Nixon gets a um, restraining order from a federal judge in D.C. Uh, The New York Times and the Washington Post appeal it. The Supreme Court reaches down to the appellate court the case and rules within 10 days and there is oral argument the reason i remember that there is oral argument is because this is the rare oral argument in which a portion of the transcript of the oral argument is um inserted into the opinion there's a famous back and forth between the solicitor general and justice douglas so famous that douglas insisted uh, it be part of the opinion. So there was oral argument. I doubt there'll be or- oral argument in this case. Now, to be clear, the January 20th due date for Trump is not on the merits. It's on whether or not the case should be heard by right. the Supreme Court, expedited, bypassing the circuit court. I'm just going to correct you, Judge. Said, you said uh, January 20th. You meant December 20th. That's the due date, correct? Correct. correct. Okay. December yeah, 20th. January. Thank no you. big deal. January is the date that the court will decide whether or not to hear it on an expedited basis. If they do, then they'll set a briefing schedule. Then they'll decide if they want uh, oral argument. So the and best that Jack could hope for, I would think, would be late a ruling by late January or early February. And is this, to the best of your knowledge, is this the same, um, is this a 9-0 vote, or is this like a certiorari where you just need four judges to, uh, if, if you know? I mean, this is such a rare thing, so I don't mean to put you on the spot. It's, it's the four of them can compel the expedited. Um, but I think the vote on, on the merits will be 9-0. You know the Chief Justice better than I do. There's no way he wants this to look like it's political. He's going to pull out all the stops, master compromiser that he is. So that this case is ruled on whichever way it goes, nine zero. Okay, um, and I I agree that that's what he's going to try to do. I don't. I'm not sure he'll be successful. Uh, he, as we both know, uh, and I admire him for this. I mean, he is a tremendous guardian, or tries to be, for the reputation of the court. So, Judge Napolitano, your uh, prediction is that. You think they are going to, at the very least, grant 
uh, Jack Smith's opportunity or, or a request to hear the case and hear it on an expedited basis? I do. And once they grant it, I think they're going to affirm Judge uh, Chetkin, whether it's 9 0, uh, 8 to 1, or 7 to 2. The chief will do his best to make it 9 0. Right. Um, well, you know, Judge, if I have you for an extra minute or two, could you just explain to the listeners, like, you know, when you say the chief is going to do his best to make it a unanimous decision, how does a chief judge whose vote counts equally as to his colleagues? Uh, or those he supervises, you know, how does a judge, a chief judge, go about doing that? Trying to get the consensus amongst everyone. Well, this uh, chief justice is a horse trader, and probably would uh, would the public doesn't want to hear this, but they should know what's going on. Be willing to trade his vote on something else uh, in return for a vote on this. Does this kind of horse trading go on? You and I know it does from our personal relationships with the late Justice uh, Scalia, who revealed this. Um, they, they can also trade votes by narrowing the, uh, uh, the opinion, putting certain phrases in there to please a would-be dissenter and bring the person uh, into the uh, majority. But nobody in the modern era, not uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, nobody, uh, is, has been better at, achieving large majorities and even unanimity uh, than Chief Justice John Roberts. That, that is his reason for being uh, at this stage of his career. Okay. I'm going to switch gears from you real quickly. Um, you know, I was slightly criticized for saying yesterday that um, in the indictment regarding Hunter Biden, the new indictment, I said considering the indictments that I've read in the Southern District of New York when I'm representing individuals on tax fraud cases, typically there is a section in there about how the individual made money, made the money that they're not paying taxes on. And depending on the prosecutor and their writing style, some are more detailed than others. And in the Hunter Biden uh, indictment, it is not very detailed about how he made the money, or not as detailed as maybe some would like it to be. Judge Andrew Napolitano, with your gen- with your decades of experience, what do you have to say about the essence of the indictment itself against Hunter Biden, the brand new one? Well, I think the uh, misdemeanors are garbage. He's already paid these taxes. What, what are they going to charge him with a crime of paying the taxes late? I never heard of that. You pay interest, you pay a, 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 a fee, and and it's over with. His name were Jones. He wouldn't need to be charged with that. Now, if he took as business deductions things that are not business deductions, like patronizing a prostitute, well, that is a form uh, of income tax evasion. In terms of not articulating uh, the manner uh, in which he acquired his wealth, man, that is a hot potato that I don't think the feds want to get involved with right now. <laughs> Okay. So, right. So in other words, they, they kind of said, you know what, we're just going to, we're not going to deal with this. We're not going to talk about, well, his father was, even if he was the former vice president, you know, even when you're the former vice president, you're still a pretty powerful cat around town. And, you know, that yep. he, he used that as an entree into business enterprises and, and made his money. You know, judge, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's an outrage that, you know, they didn't you know, go after President Biden. Uh, more forcefully in the indictment, you think they just ducked and just said, you know, there's no need for it? Yes. Yes. I think they want to make this thing as clean as possible and leave Joe Biden's uh, issues to the uh, Republicans in the House. There you go. All right. I I don't know why you were criticized. I mean, the indictment style, as you know, Depends upon the uh, skill and wishes and intent of the of the assistant U.S. attorney that drafted the indictment. The grand jury just signs off on it; they don't write it. Right? No, I'm aware. I'm aware. And and, and a prosecutor, the prosecutor, you know, drafts it. They have very s- kind of simple rules to make sure that they have the jurisdiction in there, the elements of the crime in there. Obviously, some right. of the, pro- the the defendant, and that's really the boxes they need to check off. Anything on top of that is just gravy. Correct. Correct. So why why bring in politics if you don't have to? Judge Napolitano, do you have uh, any words about Frank Sinatra on his birthday today here? Oh, in, you uh... know, I, I, 
never forget that it's his birthday because it's also my baby brother's birthday. He's not so much a baby. He's 61 now, but he's 13 years younger than I am. So, um, wow, Frank Sinatra is, uh, you know, one of the great entertainers uh, in the history of the world. And uh, when you think of him, you think of Tommy DeVito and all kinds of good-looking Italians from New Jersey. <laughs> there you go. Judge Napolitano, Joe Piscopo, and, and all the rest. Judge, thank you so much for finding the time in your busy schedule. Bon Natale, and I hope I see you real soon. Uh, You're a great man, Arthur. All the best to you. God love you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Every time. If you're just jetting around looking for something to do tonight at 7, look no further. Come travel with us. Travel Tuesday. Linda Perillo, Kevin McCullough, talking all the big travel news of the day. And we hope you'll join us. It'll be a fun trip. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I know it's hard to believe, but the holidays are here. Why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or are looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and on to sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit newyorkcruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar or bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit newyorkcruises.com Calling all patriots! Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me on the Patriots Alaska Cruise in June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping the world today. It's an incredible opportunity to engage with me and other patriots on an epic seven-day journey. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska while Discussing America's future. Join us from June 29th to July 6, 2024. Book online, PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Let's talk about that wonderful institution called Plaza College. I've been talking about the core reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. We're all well of that. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Yep, 16 months. They uh, This past May, they put out 18 new nurses into our community to help all of us in our time of need. Congratulations to the nurses, and congratulations to Plaza College. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is an incredible learning experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of studies, either, I guess it's areas of study, um, email info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I've got the world on a string, sitting on a rainbow. Happy birthday, Frank Sinatra. We're going to come up with a little bit more Frank Sinatra, but... Close to honoring Frank Sinatra. We're honoring Times Square on a Tuesday with Tom Harris. Tom, welcome back to the Idala Power Hour. Thanks very much for having me. How are you tonight? How was the wild birthday celebration? I didn't have a wild birthday celebration. Did you? (laughs) Well, I always do. What would you do? I mean, last time I spoke to you, it was your birthday. It was my birth. Yes, it was my birthday, but it was also a lot of other people's birthdays. I went home. After, I think, a New Year's Eve meeting, I sat down with my wife. I had a nice scotch, and we just relaxed. All right. What kind of scotch did you have? Balvenie 12. Oh, very nice. I, I, I show you some respect on that. I, uh, 
<laughs> so it's so funny because um, we have all these guests on today, and it's Sinatra's birthday. I have Sinatra's guests coming up. And, um, you know, like Sinatra experts, I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Tom doesn't want to come on this week. She goes, Joan goes, are you kidding me? This is like the Super Bowl week for him. This is like leading up to his Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? So, exactly. And here's the Frank Sinatra connection with New Year's Eve. Exactly. I'm jumping, Joni. I'm jumping. (laughs) Thank you, Matthew. Can't not have our Tom Harris Times Square. Go ahead, Matt. Tell Tell me how Sinatra ties into Times Square. So this year for New Year's Eve, Paul Anka, who wrote My Way, is going to perform My Way in Times Square on New Year's Eve. That oh, is very cool. cool. Very cool. That is, uh, I don't even know how old Paul Anka is. He's got to be 80-something, right? He could run for president. Ah, good line, Tom. Good line. So just give, it, give a couple of people a little behind the scenes. You know, it's it's whatever it is, two and a half weeks away what like what are you doing days. 19 days but who's counting i think that's just about two and a who's half weeks counting? um tell us tom harris what, what do you do in as the head of the Times square alliance these 19 days to prepare for that fateful night so we co-produced the event with jamestown one Times square um right now our production team is starting to load in we have to cable the speakers from 43rd from one Times square up to the 59th street uh, we have some production trailers. Uh, we're going to be clearing Times Square on December 26th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We start to load in all of the stages. Um, until then, we have our wishing wall in Times Square. Uh, the numerals are going to arrive on the 20th of December. The 28th is a Good Riddance Day. The 29th is Confetti Day. Uh, is, it, it is a confetti test. And then the great event is on the 31st. And I hope that the whole Arthur Idala family is going to attend, both work family and your family. Well, I'm not sure if two-year-old yeah. Ariana is. I know I'm not sure if two-year-old Ariana is up for the test. I do believe Sam Bellino uh, has attended. Is that accurate there, Mr. Sam I have, and it was a great, great time. Yeah, highly yeah. recommended. All right, well, well, Tom Harris, you're not going anywhere as the president of the Times Square Alliance, so maybe when Ariana's three or four, we can bang it out. And I'll be there, for sure. Oh, thank God. No, Joni will be there. Joni doesn't drive me crazy. <laughs> um, Tom, before I let you go, um, right this second, I mean, tourism here around uh, Rockefeller Center is insane off the charts. I don't know what your numbers are indicating, but... From a pedestrian point of view, we could I could barely walk uh, to my office between Grand Central and Rockefeller Center and Times Square. Uh, what are your numbers looking like? So the same. We're over three hundred thousand people today. I probably for the for the first time I saw tourists in mass at ten o'clock in the morning, and we haven't seen that in a while. So people are here to celebrate the holidays uh, in the greatest city in the world, and we couldn't be happier. All right, Tom. It is, um, let's see, today is the, what, the 12th? And so we'll be with you, we'll be with you again next Tuesday, which is the 19th. And that may be, according to Joan, it may be the last time we talk to you. But I told Joan, because that week between Christmas and New Year's, we're going to try to do some, like, shows, like, like a couple of reruns and take a break. And I said, no, no, no. You just told me it's Tom Harris's Super Bowl. So maybe on, I guess that's the 26th. I'll jump on the air with Tom. She goes, you're going to work on the 26th. You're going to make us work on the 26th. I go, you just said it's Tom Harris' Super Bowl. I'm going to blow the guy off for the Super Bowl. Look, you're getting an extra day that we weren't even going to have, Tom Harris. I don't know. We'll see what happens, Tom. I you think keep... that's fantastic. Tom, you keep up the great work, and uh, I will be in uh, in Times Square shortly uh, with Luca. And all those new restaurants, all those new stores, I love the fact that you get all of them to come on and join us on the Power Hour. I thank you so very, very much. And as you can hear, so fitting for Tom Harris, we're playing a little New York, New York on Frank Sinatra's birthday. Tom, have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week. You too. Take care, guys. All right, we're going to come back with two special people talking about the life and times of Frank Sinatra. Don't go away. I'm going to make it. It's up to you, New York, New York, New York.
belief factor. And I'm telling you, it works. That's the first thing I ran to when I came in the office today. I'm like, my God, I'm so I can't wait to give me some relief factor. And and if I double up on it, I think I think in about two or three days, I'm gonna start getting back into it. Um, because even when you take some time off, man, your body is used to having relief factor in it, and you take some time off, it's 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 shocked. So I'm encouraging you guys to get some relief factor. Let me just read a testimony from Tom if you think that you know it's just me that's having this experience. Uh Tom from Texas says, as an old guy, he's 85 years old. He said, I didn't savor having bits of pain slowing me down and preventing me from riding my bike or getting into and out of the small aircraft in my work as a flight instructor. After taking relief factor, my intermittent uh, lower back and left hip pain are virtually gone. Also, it seems that the uh, trigger finger syndrome that affected three fingers is getting better. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, call the number 804 Relief. All right, let's talk about our friends at Tech Industries because, you know, Tech Industries helps you with all of your construction your demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards. Those are perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts or construction and demolition debris, you know, depending on how much junk you got. You get If you got a little bit of junk, you go with the 10 yards. If you got a lot, you gut in your whole backyard, you with the 40 yards. Fastec specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete brick and asphalt in all five boroughs every corner of new jersey and the big news is now serving westchester county fastec is the number one supplier of recycled products fastec is the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials and fastec is the number one provider of roll off containers so call joe c at 718-494-1600 718-494-1600 Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F-A-Z-T-E-C-I-N-D.com, FazTechIn.com. FazTech Industries is now serving Westchester County. FazTech Industries is a DeFazio company. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. By gosh, by golly. Now, it's time for Sam Molino, when you're playing a Sinatra Christmas song, I, I, I get a little nervous because, you know, our buddy Bruce Yarrett's on the line, and I'm thinking he's going to be like, why would you play something like this? All the classic Sinatra songs, you're playing some garbage Christmas song now. I be, may be totally wrong. Bruce may be selling me Let's that see, you know you his Chris his Christmas album was quadruple platinum. What do I know? But um, Bruce, it's very Arthur Idala. How are you, my very friend? Very little. Go ahead, talk. You talk, Bruce. You talk. His Christmas albums are for me the best Christmas albums ever made, and I happen to love that cut. But uh, oh, Sambolino, take go. a Sam victory lap, Sambolino, take what, a victory what, what, lap. What, what, what else would we play the second week in December on well, his listen. birthday? It seems self-evident. I know, but Bruce, you're you're a purist. You know, you're a perfectionist, and and I I just I can hear you griping about something. Well, well that... y- you know, it's 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 interesting, Arthur. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily be that way if we were talking about a different kind of an artist, because there was there are some artists that were visceral and emotional only, and then you don't have to be so picayune and such a perfectionist, but. With Sinatra, that was so much a part of his art, was how important everything was to him. That I kind of, if I'm in the Sinatra mode, I feel obligated to nitpick because he did everything so amazingly well and he cared about his art to such a degree. For those of you, and, and if you don't know, well, Bruce, let me just tell them who you are. I mean, I, I mean, I know most of the world knows who you are, but there may be like three or four people who don't. You know why I don't care? Because your parents know who I am. And they're well, listening, and that's the reason I'm doing the show. That goes so a long way. As long as your parents are listening, then I don't care about anybody else. Bruce Sharrod, class of 1981 at Poly Prep. 
Um, but uh, for this segment, more importantly, someone who actually has a photograph that he has published publicly. So I cannot, I'm not giving up any secrets of himself with Frank Sinatra with, may I dare say on his birthday without his toupee on. Is that accurate, Bruce? Well, you know, it's yes. And I, for a long time, I would never show that picture, but there've been so many of them now that have been published, but I met Sinatra, I guess in 1980. Three or 84 when I went to work for Alan King. I worked for Alan, as you know, all through the 80s, and that's how I got to know him and Sammy Davis and that whole generation of performers who, for lack of a better word, and don't ask me why they did, but they all kind of adopted me, and I had the luxury of hanging out with all of them, and they were all 30, 40, in some cases, 50, Milton Brough, 50 years older than I was. But by by the, the 90s, when I was already living in Los Angeles, uh, and I and I spent time with Frank Sinatra mostly at Stephen Eady's house because Stephen Eady, who I became great great friends with, uh, they lived two houses from Sinatra in in Malibu, and I would often get invited for the barbecues, and he was always there, and he never wore his toupee. So when he was socializing at that period in his life, he really wasn't performing anymore. He went to restaurants. He was out, so it wasn't a great secret, and he looked fine. And so I do sometimes uh, uh, on Facebook or something, I'll show a picture of him without the two. So, Bruce, didn't you do us a favor and bring us another special guest on the line right now? I certainly did. Will, are you on the line with us? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to jump in. Um, well, well, well before you do, let me, that- let me just... Let me just tell people who you are. There have sure. been so there have been so many books written on Frank Sinatra, and I can't speak to the little personal relationship that I had with him and whatever knowledge I have. But if you author, if you want an expert on the music of that period, truly, truly an expert who has written, in my opinion, the definitive book on Sinatra's music and the book on Tony Bennett and and standards and 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 the great american songbook there is nobody more knowledgeable than will friedwald so i oh, like to you. have him on because he can he can attest to the fact that what i say is all true but anyway will <laughs> friedwald author idola because you guys don't know each other uh it's really a joy to have you on to talk about sinatra for the 10 minutes that author has allotted us well i just want to say thank first of all thank you bruce thank you arthur um, Mistletoe and Holly, if you picked it at random, you did a great job. That is one of the only Sinatra, as we know, is the world's greatest interpreter. But as an actual writer, a composer, a lyricist, his name is only on about six songs. And one of them is Mistletoe and Holly. It's the, Sinatra, it's the Christmas song that Sinatra wrote himself. So if you just picked it at random, bingo. Sambolino, way to go. Yeah. So, Will, tell us, why, why did you become such a Sinatra expert? Well, because uh, as, as Bruce could tell you, all the music of the 20th century, Sinatra is the focal point. I mean, the way I look at it is you have singers, you have bands, you have music, trends in music that lead up to Sinatra. Then he is the big bang and everything else happens after Sinatra. He's, he's, he's the guy at the center. I mean, he not only influenced every, you know, all the people that obviously sound like him, like or I shouldn't say they sound like him, but they would have sounded very different. They never could have existed if Sinatra hadn't existed, like a Tony Bennett or, or a Steve Lawrence or a Jack Jones. Or, but everybody, everybody in every field, you really couldn't have Elvis without Sinatra. You couldn't have Bono. You couldn't have uh, uh, the Beatles. I mean, everything really comes out of Sinatra. The, the whole, the whole way we listen. He changed the way we listen to music. He is, he yeah. is the focal well, point, as, as Bono yeah. says. He's, he is the Big Bang. Well, can I, I want to ask you a, a, a question because I I actually was on a radio show a, a, a friend of authors I actually know him through author Frank Morano, who does an all night show in New York. I'm I'm speaking from Los Angeles, and I made a point, and I would love to pose it to you to see if you think that I'm correct, and I will defer to you if I'm correct or if I'm wrong. But the point that I made was everybody talks about Sinatra's recorded body of work and the fact that it's better than everybody else's and if you it's it's the intersection as Leonard Feather once wrote it's the intersection of high of, of popular culture and high art I get all that and the fact that he sang that, that material better more or less than anybody else but here 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 was what I postulated last night that in a way Frank Sinatra is the 
gave birth, is the progenitor to the entire concept of a standard, to the entire concept of the American popular, the, the great American songbook. And the reason I gave is that when he started making the albums that he made, even the, 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 like the, the, the ones at Columbia and then even more so the ones that he made at Capitol, he mined the waters of the great songs of the 20s and 30s, songs from his youth that he had loved. And he convinced the record company to let him re-record these old songs in these magnificent, sophisticated, beautiful arrangements that reinvigorated them, made the public care about this old material again, and then it got other performers to say, wow, those are amazing songs. That's American classic music. And it was out of that taste and that courage that gave birth to what we now know as the standard and it all roads lead to him now tell me if i'm right and no no you're you're even more right than you know way before the capital period as early as world war ii sinatra was going back to songs by george gershwin george gershwin died you know at the age of uh, 38 1937 right in the in 37 and no wait a minute yeah Anyhow, <laughs> but or, or Lorenz Hart, who died in uh, 43, or Jerome Kern, who died in 45. Sinatra was the first to realize that these guys are our Bach, they're our Mozart, they're our Brahms, they're our great contribution to world music and world culture. And Sinatra was doing songs that were 15, 20 years old, even when he was just first starting, at a time when record companies, they didn't want that, they just wanted the latest hit. Sinatra was the first to right. really... Uh, to go back, and and I once did a systematic study where I said as mu- as as much as fifty percent of his recorded outcome, even in the nineteen forties, was classic songs. Um, and then later on, of course, he puts them into albums. He sings them in concert. He's like just about the first major pop singer to sing in what we would now call a concert format. And he's the guy that got us to look at it, so that when the album comes in, a long playing album in the fifties. Sinatra has already established that. And even Alan Livingston, who ran Capitol Records, told me that we followed Sinatra's example, not just for him, but for all the other singers. But here's the question. Well, well, hold on one second. Well, here's the question I have. Or Will or Bruce, I don't really care who answers. But who was there before Sinatra who was singing the standards? I mean, he wasn't the first guy to sing a song. I mean, no, no, Bruce, but, you're but a big Al Jolson guy. No, but, well, no, no, but yeah, but make it we're making. Yeah, right. let me. Uh, sang uh, all the songs when they were new. Jolson sang the songs when they were new. Those guys rarely, occasionally, Crosby would do an old song, but he didn't make a point to. Same, I mean, Jolson yeah. would do all the old songs from his his past, but nobody else really went back to the to the vintage songs and did them just because they were great. Sometimes people and, did, and, you know, would do an old song for whatever reason. And and if and the only people that were doing it at all were jazz artists who who were revisiting some of those classic tunes. But as Will said, Crosby recorded them when they were new. Jolson recorded them originally when they were new. And even people like that, if you listen to old Crosby radio shows, he rarely sings an old song. Everything is contemporary. And then even if you go into the early fifties when Frank started recording at Capitol, if you look at who was selling. Who his contemporaries were, uh, you know, people that are now almost completely forgotten, but they were selling a ton of records at that time. People like Frankie Lane and Johnny Ray and Eddie Fisher, none of them were recording what we now call standards. They were listening to new tunes to have new hits, and it was really Frank who introduced this concept. And, and it, it, right. it the, 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 as, as Will says, the influence that this had and continues to have on the way we look at American music and the way we have canonized that that amazing those amazing catalogs and well again you can speak to this better than I it's not only the Gershwin catalog and the Rogers and Hart catalog and the Jerome Kern catalog and the you know the the, the, the war order in Berlin Harold Arlen right. Irving Berlin but he also picked songs that you know. Isham Jones, songs like Swinging Down the Lane or When Your Lover Has Gone or, you know... Well, you could also go... Songs. You could go into modern times, Bruce, and say that what he's known for amongst younger people, the theme from New York, New York. Wasn't that an older song when he started singing it? 
Well, actually, that was, was pretty new. <laughs> well, how how long ago before had Liza? Well, relatively well, new, well, but Liza well, Minnelli had it out for a while before he yeah, picked yeah, up on it. Author, yeah. I don't want to pick on you, yeah. but the distinction is is that when he did, he did New York, New York, I I have no doubt he did it. It was a candor and Neptune from a, a a movie that that Liza Minnelli sang, and it really did nothing when it came out. And they decided to revisit it because they thought that would be a commercial hit, and it was really, and it turned out to be true. If I'm not mistaken, it was Don Costa who had that idea to do that with Frank. But the difference is, he didn't do New York, New York, because he said to himself, this is a wonderful, brilliant, special piece of material that is worthy of revisiting, as he did with those great tunes from the 30s and 20s that we now, that now everybody does. And, and singers, that that if you listen to seriously Sinatra, if you listen to the to the Tony Bennett albums and the Bobby Darren albums and all of those singers, they all are singing standards. Yeah. Most of those songs had been previously revisited by Frank. He resurrected them, and there should be a statue of Sinatra in front of the Brill Building because he yeah, that's created that. The, don't, you know. By the way, I, the the Sinatra family got mad at me at one point because they were carrying on that they should have a, a statue of Frank on Broadway. And as much as I obviously love Sinatra, my position was that with all his great contributions, the one place that he doesn't deserve to have a statue is in the theater district, since he never was in a Broadway show. It, would, yeah, he had, it had yeah. nothing to do with his career. And then I had this epiphanous moment when I said, well, you know where they, it could be on Broadway, but where he absolutely deserves a statue is in front of the Brill Building because that is the metaphoric home of the publishing business where all these songs right. were written and promoted. And he is the patron saint of that entire world. I got, I got, Will, Will, I have 50 seconds left, maybe now 45. I just want to thank you for coming on. Your book is Sinatra, The Song Is You. And um, happy birthday to Frank Sinatra, who's played a big role in all of our lives and, and many of our listeners' lives. Bruce Sharrett, thank you for getting us, Will, and thank you for coming on and lending us your knowledge and expertise. You're always a spectacular guest. Well, and uh, um, so, you know that's it. We just got to say happy birthday, and I think we got to we got to go. I think the show's over. Well, Salute! Thank you. Ha happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy All New right, Year. folks. It is a Tuesday night. Luca and I are going to go out. Uh, yes, I have Luca on a Tuesday. We're going to go out. My buddy Scott Levinson for a little bite to eat at the famed Sparks Steakhouse. You know why it's famous, right? Look it up. We'll be back tomorrow, live and local, on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.